podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It is episode 257 and I am Trev Denny podcasting to you by candlelight tonight just for a nice little bit of atmosphere from beautiful rural Ireland. Only a few fields away from where all sorts of great medieval and far more ancient shenanigans used to occur. Although I don't need any of those sort of legends uh, to keep me occupied because my life listeners is quite the adventure. Only today and yesterday, charging around from hospital to hospital with the old man who'd sawn his entire finger off, bar a little piece that he left on the end so it could remain attached. Because that's what a 75-year-old chap should be doing, isn't it? Sawing his finger off. These are the type of adventures, sort of banal adventures, which seem to... Stop moaning, man, for fuck's sake. Make my, uh, make my life... Uh, Exciting. Not as exciting as uh, Kopak's. Kopak, uh, he's always got something bigger to moan about than everybody else. He's had quite a whine this week, listeners. I'd like to tell you why. <laughs> I'd love to tell you why. Because especially when he walks over my intro like that, I'd love to fucking tell you why. But I won't. I won't tell you why. But I'll tell you, for listeners. <laughs> the innocent must be protected. Come on. He's had quite a cry. Pre, pre while well, before the mics went like quite the cry at Mr. Mr. Kopak. But anyway, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to tee it up like that saying, I don't actually have a video clip for you this week because I don't have any time to do anything because I'm constantly driving fellas with their fingers hanging off two different places. So I'm going to go straight to the uh, intro stomping Carl Kopak to see what he's got for us. Well, before you do that, um, Trev, can I confess it? Because is your old man all right? That's the most important thing. Is he okay? Listen, listen to him now with his faux sincerity, folks. It's remarkable. Yeah, but people are listening now. Listen. Yeah, I know. I know, I know it sounds like I, I care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important. I, I won't be listening to the answer. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's, it's important <laughs> to maintain appearances. Uh, for the record, it seems you did ask. It was a spectacular injury. I can't explain to you how gruesome it was. Um, but they've sort of put it back together. It was initially supposed to be plastic surgery, ended up being orthopedic surgery. I think his finger is going to be pretty much straight from now on, but it's the index one. So he can always sort of pretend he's pointing at people. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So yes, short answer, he'll be fine because we downies are made of firmer stuff than the average man. So. Mr. Kopak, what have you got for us? Yeah, yeah, for the firmest up, but you can't take your hat off indoors. Right, okay. Um, we <laughs> normally, I'm normally against this New Year thing in general and the whole sort of, you know, those posts you see on social media of, oh, just horrible maxims written on pastel shades or with a seascape in the background where, you know, love forever, hug like it's your last day, that sort of shit. I can't stand mm, that. Mm, mm. Um, but I saw something on the Instagram which, which genuinely resonated with me, and it's um, it's a. Well, I know what it was. I know what it was. I know what it was. We've discussed was it, this. Go on. Was it? Was it? I, 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 the one that I think would actually grab a hold of you. I saw it doing the rounds. Was it dance? Dance like nobody's looking. That's an old one. That. 
Because yeah, I can, I, I can I just did, see I, you cutting, cutting a rug. I'm doing it now. <laughs> oh, um, but this, this, but this, I, mean, I don't normally go back to things we've discussed in the past. But this is a philosopher who's a we're, we're a big fan of all of it on this show. So um, I just thought because it's the new year, I bring him back again just because this. Well, this, this really got to me. This really hit home, and it's this. Cancelling plans is okay. Staying home is okay. Moving to the UK with your brother's passport is okay. Asterix, my passport. Soundproofing a pirate radio station with egg boxes is okay. Living in your wan and shitting in a bucket after your Polish wife robbed your Merck is okay. <laughs> do what you need to do to survive. I think we can all take some comfort from those words. It's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought your buddy into it. I, initially, I was hoping it was going to be Steve Bruce, but your buddy's an acceptable. <laughs> he's an acceptable. Uh, he's acceptable in the top three, I think, with Brian. <laughs> he, he really is. I mean, if you're if you're going to pick top three pod gurus, uh, spirit animals, that's the boys right there. They're the three. Bless, blessed buddy, Bruce. If, if we it. had um, if we had a shield of arms for this show. Yes, so he, he would definitely be on there. God, God, wouldn't you love? Wouldn't you love? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to speak to G. Townsend Esquire very specifically, very soon about a, a thing that's on my mind because it's about connecting with the people who are actually listening to us, the amount of them that there are, and maybe sort of growing that a little bit, or at least taking advantage of it. Because I know there are podcasts that I listen to which are really well known that wouldn't have theoretically the amount of people listening to them that we do. And what they can do is they can say, well, if any of our listeners would like to create some artwork for the next show, blah, blah, blah. We don't do anything like that. And I would love to do it. I don't know what sort of a cohort we have out there. If they're the type of people who would be up for that type of thing, but immediately that should be the type of thing that on the other podcasts I listened to, the host would say, well, if anyone wants to create that coat of arms, we'd love to see it. So I'm just going to do it, right? I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay, and we'll also put them on our uh, Instagram page, which is AI Main Pod. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I content. Did, uh, we've got content straight away. Content immediately. I, I do. I do. Thank you for introducing Mr. Chibuti to our um, first show of 2020. Uh, and I do also like the low key way in which you've introduced it. And I think that's all going to get blown out of the water by Cam Brown. She's got something saccharine and sweet by way of a New Year greeting, don't you, Cam? Happy New Year, everyone. Yay! Fantastic oh, 2020. God's sake, you and your bloody happiness and your your emotional heft. God, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I, I, I love that you're always there at, at the, as the, the emotional core of the show. When, when, when Kabak gets cynical and I get sad, you, you're always there, man. You're always there for us. God bless you. God bless you. I Did you have know a smile? That's who he is. <laughs> Literally. Cambridge, a kimono and a dream. The new autobiography. Written <laughs> <laughs> by Carl Kopak. And I, for one, it's an autobiography, Cam. You have to write yourself. And I, for I've one... I've got a ghostwriter. <laughs> I, for one, will buy it. I will buy that book. Have you, have I... you got an autobiography title, Joe? I don't. I've got, but... I've, I've got one. I think we've already done this before, but I've got one. You've actually got your own, have you? You've thought about this then. Right, okay, go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I discuss this with my brother and friend Caroline all the time. Um, oh, yeah, I like that. Mine is, mine is the most um, smug yet incredibly arrogant one. I'm so pleased with this. Go on. Carl Kopak, just a man. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, it's that, fucking that, amazing. That, that is fantastic, because it's basically saying, I'm just a humble man, which of course says it's the exact opposite. He's incredibly <laughs> aggressively. I'm just, just a man. God, I'm fucking great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm just, a, I'm just a man. That's just, that's absolutely wonderful. You, you, oh. That's gold. That's yeah, no, no, nobody's going to be able to beat that. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. That's great. Um, so, uh, as just a man, um, you will have been. I, I believe you, you, you went the game quite a lot over there over the last. <laughs> I, I've, um, I, I have entered the old stadium over the last few weeks. It got to the stage where I was. I, I think I can probably recognise every pebble, pebble on the M6 and M62, uh, and that I went to uh, pretty much all the home games, and I went to Leicester away. Which was the game of the season. Leicester away was just an absolute privilege to be at. It was so good. It was such a lively night. The away end was great. Um, uh, if you're from Leicester, I apologise, but those fans are knobheads. They really are. Uh, and um, performance of the season. It was just one of those things. Everything came together. It was just really, really nice. Yeah, it made the whole thing so much more enjoyable because you could hear that sort of element even through the TV from afar. That they're not the nicest bunch. Uh, so it was extra satisfying to do them in the nature that we did. And it was such a comprehensive, um, performance that I don't know how you felt while you were there, um, at the game, but watching it, you know, with a sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the analytical way I'm starting to watch games now, which is like taking it, trying to take in every little incident and, and nuance. Whereas before you could be, I used to be just more an emotional watcher of games. But I honestly believe that that team of ours could, had several uh, gears to click up into. I mean, I don't know what you thought, Carl. It was obviously clearly a wonderful performance, but there was well, definitely more in them on the night. Well, the, the word I used at halftime, and it was only 1-0 at halftime, the word I used was masterful. That was like 88, 89. Sorry, 87, 88. Um, it was like... Um, oh, I, I, wrote this, I wrote this today. It was basically like saying, you're a really good side. We, we appreciate what you do a lot. We're taking you very seriously. But welcome to the big league. This is what we do. We would not let them out there half at all. Vardy was on his own. No one could get close to him at all. He was just marshaled completely. Every single player on that pitch was magnificent. There really was. And Kaito was fantastic. Obviously, Trent was man of the match. And um, just tons of little things like Milner just coming off the bench and scoring a penalty with his first kick. And um, Firmino was being criticised a bit for lack of goal returns. Suddenly gets four goals in December. And, and wins the World Cup for us. Um, you know, he got two that night. And it was just, it was a masterclass of not just the goals and the clean sheets. It was a masterclass of this is what you do. This is what we're capable of. You're not getting out. We're just going to hold you here now. Well mm. done on getting to second, but this is the gap you've got to cross. And, and Cam, I mean, the way in which they were slapped down, Leicester, as the team in second place, as a team, you know, with the ex-Liverpool ex manager who's out for blood, with the the ability to uh, achieve results, the reputation for overperformance, if we're perfectly honest, and a very, very, very impressive squad of footballers. They were slapped down and put in their place, like most teams have been, like a lot of teams have been this season by this team. And I heard you say something there in the middle of what Carl was saying. And he was talking, he was comparing it to that great side of 87, 88 that all three of us would have admired so much and probably yep. had, had as our, one of our favorites. I know, uh, Carl really likes the 79, 80 side too, but you said, no, better. And I, I agree with you. I'd love to know why you think it's better. Um, that performance, um, was as good, if not better, than the 5-1 Forest uh, at home. 
Mm. And at the time, I mean, I remember I went out and bought the VHS tape of that to keep it for forever and a day. And God knows where that is now. Um, because I'd never seen a football performance as good as that. What I saw against Leicester that day was better. There's no doubt about it. They, they, they were just so dominant in every aspect. There, mm. there, there wasn't anything that um, Leicester could even think about trying to do. They, they, they didn't have a clue. They, they, they were outfought and outperformed in every single aspect in that game. It was the most complete performance I can remember seeing since that 5-1. And don't forget, Forrest got a goal that day as well. Leicester didn't even look like having a shot on target. No, it's, it's fact, five I they, it was 5-0. Was, was it 5 no? Sorry. Yeah. Um, Leicester, don't, I don't think Leicester had a shot on target in the game, did they? I think they had one early on, but it was very much just sort of like a P-roller. Yeah, they had. I think they had two attempts on target. If I recall the stats from the match, I remember they, the yeah. one body one in the second half that hit the side. Yeah, yeah that, that was into the rigging though. That wasn't on target. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean they had a couple of they had a couple of opportunities, but yeah, they were they were restricted, massively restricted. And uh, again, just to bore down into the details of why it's better. I mean, I know that I'd be squeamish about saying it too much because I know I can hear Kopak in the background saying win the league first, then you can say it's better. And I'd agree with that. But at the same time, we have to just go with the reality, the objective reality that we're in. And this calendar year by this team is awesome. Like, fantastically, record-settingly awesome. Uh, Equal to anything the greatest side ever, TM, Manchester City, have produced, and better. And sometimes you have to lean into that and just go, well, you know, yeah, it is better. I, I know the main reason I'd say it's better, uh, Cam, is that I'm enjoying it more, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just loving every aspect. See Sadio win the, the, uh, the, um, African footballer of the year last night. That was a moment of pure joy for me. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching one of our guys, a really good lad, getting a thing that I know he wanted. In fact, I think he talked about it when he joined the club first. That's just great. Everything about the club at the moment is just, I even heard Pep and Linders saying, you know what, I hope people are enjoying this because this might be the best. It's like this is could be like the high point of our of our careers. This period of time that we're living through now could be the high point of his career, of our careers. He wasn't writing it off as being over. He was saying this cycle that we're in could be the best thing that will ever happen to us. <laughs> you know, you can't argue with that. No, I mean, what I think as well is obviously we're of a, a slightly older generation to a lot of our listeners and I think we probably over time now got a better understanding of the game than what we had 30 years ago 35 years ago and we've got more of an appreciation now of what is happening because of what we've gone through for the last 30 years in terms of the league performances yeah that's true and we're now we're now watching football in a completely different light we've seen the evolution of this team since Jurgen Klopp came in four and a half years ago that's four and a half years ago, October 2015. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So October, October after the derby. Yeah. Yeah. So in that time, the way this team has evolved from a completely counter-pressing, gegenpressing beast into this ultra-confident and controlled and well, not there's no such thing as perfect football, but it's it's. It's such a joy to watch because each player knows exactly what they have to do. And then it's hard 
when they play the way they're meant to play, the way, I mean, I read an interview with Pep Linders today um, on the LFC uh, website, and it's about how these players have taken on board everything that has been preached to them, if that's the right word, and how they're striving to always improve and how they're angry if they don't get things right because they want to get it right. And if you're going with that mentality, and mentality is a huge thing within this team. And obviously, we're more aware of how players are um, are feeling and thinking because we have more access to the players now. We have, you know, social media is a huge part of that. And we're seeing something amazing and phenomenal. If we beat Spurs on Saturday, we break the the record for the first 20 games, I think. I think uh, we're equal with Chelsea at the moment. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure Jose Mourinho's first season at Chelsea, um, they did something similar. So, um, you know, it's a big game on Saturday. Big, big game on Saturday. Well, well the, the, just to go back to that, I mean, the thing that really struck you, you're right about what the, you know, what the players are doing. But something that Klopp said a few months ago, which was probably only 70 games away, the amount of games we played recently. But he said something, he said, he, said, he just said this one sentence, the players will work it out. Not he will work it out, or mm. Pep will, will work it out. The players will work it out. And I think you're right, Cam, I, th- I think we moved on from that sort of gag and press and, you know, everyone just looking to see who's closing down who all the time. People don't really talk about that anymore. It's more about now, it's more about sort of control of the game and and getting over the line, and the, the, one of the best things for me, Sheffield United is a perfect example of that. Well, I'm going I'm to come to that because that was one of the games I, I was at that one, and I, it was a game I genuinely enjoyed. Not not thinking, oh my god, what if we draw, or you know, what I normally do, but just sort of this is just enjoyable football because they're a decent side, Sheffield United, and it was a really good battle, but we were just better. Um, but what really struck me more than anything else is after that Leicester game. Can you remember anything about the Wolves game? I was there and I can remember the goal and the offside goal and nothing else. It was an absolute dog of a game. Liverpool won it. We were gassed. And I think that is how we, that's the good thing about this team. We can do that in, on, uh, we can do that. It's still Philbert Street as far as I'm concerned. We can do it, we can do it at Philbert Street. I don't go by sponsors' names. Thank you. Uh, and, and then, you know, two days later or half an hour later is what it felt like. We will go and do it again at Wolves, and it'll be a horrible game, a dog of a game, and it'll be a fight. It'll be who's left standing, and the team that left standing is Liverpool. And they're two different skills completely. Because how many times do we see Arsenal absolutely turn sides apart, then go to Bolton and lose? Yeah. Pull apart the results since we last <laughs> did a show. Um, we, we went out to that World Club thing, and oh yeah, um, we won the World. Just by the by, we are world champions. And we went out there and, and that was a very uh, cynical, professional performance. We got over the line. The way that Bobby Firmino got that goal in the semi was just glorious. And then a nice dogged out 1-0 win in the final. Um, we beat Leicester with loads to spare. As you say, we we grind out a result against Wolves. They're just not beating us. We're not going to let them beat us. Sheffield United, the same. It doesn't matter what they have, the resolve, the resilience, the slightly innovative way of playing with their defenders. It doesn't Great matter. manager. I'm really nice what he said afterwards as well. You yeah, don't, it, you don't very, do enough for that. Very, very uh, eloquent. And, uh, you know, um, in the, in the build-up to it, I was a little bit, 
uh, critical of him. I thought it was a bit meat and two veg, the whole training and Stanley Park thing. And I was a bit like, I thought it was a bit performative. I'll be honest with you. I thought I had a bang of Phil Brown and his halftime yeah, team talk on the pitch. I they, they, do that, they do that every away game. So then I, I learned more about it afterwards. And I'd already had a, a, a very sneaking regard for Wilder. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I thought the words that he spoke afterwards, it wasn't just that he was, it wasn't this thing, you know, where you see people, if they praise Liverpool, they're the greatest thing ever. It wasn't that. It was just the, the, the pragmatic way that he spoke. He was, he was sensible. He wasn't. Yeah, he was honest, talking, honest admission. Yeah, he wasn't reactionary. He wasn't. He knows what he's talking about. That, that sort of thing. That yeah. Comes. I remember, yeah. I remember, um, uh, in, in the reverse sense, when, when, uh, we played Watford in 2000 and, um, they won 1-0. And they said to Graham Taylor afterwards, you know, what did you think of that? He said, they, the cop applauded my team off and they know their football here. That's yeah. how good it was today. And that's a, that's a nice thing. So it helps because it's a backhanded compliment to us as well. But that, but that meant a lot to him. So I think when people who really, really know football, um, I think this is a bit different from everyone kissing Ferguson's arse. And over the last few years, I've really started to appreciate Alex Ferguson for what he did. Obviously, I absolutely abhor him as a human being. But... um it's not quite as saccharine as when boys or Allardyce or Peter Reid oh you know we'll have to get the wine in for Sir Alex that was because that was basically submission rather than admiration it was it was submission and there was a whole uh, coterie of them who used to bow and scrape and fight the battles on behalf of uh, of of Ferguson Uh, I I will I would never use that title for him myself Um, it's one of the few things that disappoints me um, is, is seeing people that I love and respect taking trinkets off lizards. I, I, I can't understand that myself, but I won't judge anyone for it. Fine. Live your life. If it gives you some joy, if, if you can get something out of it, if it helps other people. That, it, it does need to be said. He was a fantastic manager. I mean, he just was. He, uh, listen, the, I'm, uh, I'm, still, I'm still worried about going back to be honest. There's there's a hefty there's a hef, there's a hefty gap between being able to acknowledge someone being excellent at what they did. Let's let's be honest. He won the last league on his own by force of will. Yeah, that that was did. a shit team, a shit yeah. squad, and he won it because he still had that aura about him. And there's a big there's a whole big country mile between acknowledging that and. Saying saying that uh, saying anything positive about the fellow, I have very little positive to say about him. I think I, I think he was fairly repellent human in many ways, and I'm sure I'll get loads of oh he once helped a sick boy called Tiny Tim. I don't give a shit. I, I'm I'm talking about my own personal opinion of the kind of fellow I thought he was, the way that he behaved, he, the truculence, the churlishness. I I don't have time for that kind of stuff. Um, and there's no need for it. And we've seen. Um, the emergence of um, proper people who don't need that. <laughs> Actually, one of them seemed to be uh, Pep Guardiola for a while until he fell down the tubes as well as turned into the worst kind of uh, self-serving, um, horrible little man. Um, but I paused in that run of games, lads, just before the thing that I'm currently squinting at. By the way, I don't know if I told you, I've now joined your illustrious club. I am now a gentleman who wears spectacles to read. I am bespectacled um, for reading purposes at a certain distance. If it's far away, I can see it perfectly. If it's anywhere within a, if a yard or a foot, sorry, a foot, nah, no can do. So now I'm, I'm wearing opposite, I'm the opposite to you. I've got, to, I've got to take specs off to read. Man, it's, it's, and it, it's, and it annoys me. it's quite, it's quite, um, it's, it's quite the, the, the departure for me at the, at the age of 23 to have to start wearing uh, glasses. Uh, it, 
Hang basically, on, hang on, hang on. I need to learn to read. I, 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 I need to count according to Trev's age. Yeah, well, the, to be to be honest, that the it, it, as I'm, I'm 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 as I was looking at myself there early on, it's it's basically the slow slow uh, uh, turning into Stanley Tucci. It's it's just inevitable. <laughs> it's fucking inevitable. It's it's been happening for so long, and now it's almost upon me. I'm looking. I just I caught myself walking past me. I went, fucking hell, I am Tucci. Anyway. I stopped before Everton, lads. So I'm just going to make, just gonna make the, the 23. Thank you. Thanks for knowing that. We need it for the algorithm. <laughs> um, but, 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 um, just draw uh, that big line downwards just as I forget to 23 there. Yeah, I think I've been quite honest last week, so it was quite far up. Yeah. Um, the, the Everton game was, as um, Pep Guardiola's biographer said, Another way to win. I mean, there's so much fun here. I don't even know where to start, but we will have some fun with this, lads. I mean, I want to talk about so many topics. I want to talk about the Evertonians who apparently have confronted the players. I really wouldn't mind having a chat about the Fabian Delph responses to said player, to said, um, 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 people having a bit of a pop. The, the idea of, one or two players, including the aforementioned Delph, apparently criticizing, critiquing Carlo Ancelotti. I really want to talk about Carlo and Duncan Ferguson as the most unlikely double act ever. But let's start off, Carl. Okay, can I can I ask about the Merseyside police and the, the policing of the Alfa Road? That's what it's exactly where I was going. And oh. then Cam, Cam, I'm coming back to you no. to talk about to, about the fans. Uh, and the a certain gesture that they made at the start. First of all, Carl, the police thing seemed immensely heavy-handed to me. I wasn't there, so I can't speak to it. But the photographs and images I saw, I was like, really? Is this necessary? What what what, what was your impression? So I was in Hotel Tier down the road on the Anfield Road, um, and I was walking up. I was literally stopped by the Trent uh, mural. Um, so you have to go around, and um, I, had, I had to meet a mate. Uh, by the main stand that said that you can't go around. And I thought, well, why? So now we blocked it off because we closed the road because of Everton fans. And I don't want to count how many derbies I've been to, both home and away, an awful lot. And I've never seen that many police before. It was basically, there was a, like a Kettling thing going on. And, you know, obviously Everton are singing, you know, red and white shite, which is what they're supposed to. That's the job, you know. Um, yeah. It wasn't nasty. Um it was the derby, and um, derbies are nasty, but it, it seldom gets violent. I mean, that's the point, really. And after the game, so I was in um, the main stand right at the top, literally um, on the same line as Curtis Jones. So that's had a nice view of that. And as I walked up, so I walked down the back of the Annie Road towards the Arkles, um, and there were policemen standing outside staring at the at the, um, uh, at the turnstiles waiting for Evan fans to come out. And of course, they, they were all out anyway, because... They weren't going to hang around, were they, to, to listen to us sing? So they were standing there waiting for no one. And it was like, it was like Napoli had visited. And we're mm. in the same city. It's completely ridiculous. I have no idea when I did that. Now, I know that there was an incident last year where there's a pub on the Anfield Road where someone was throwing bottles as the main amount of Everton fans came over. So I, th- I can understand from that point of view. But not at the Annie Road. I mean, it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, completely over-policed. And of course, it makes you tense and nervous, and therefore, because they've lost to a bunch of 12-year-olds, that could have gone the either way, but they didn't, they just got off instead. It yeah, I, 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 that was exactly my fear about when I saw it. I, I thought, 
that can have actually a completely reverse effect of being provocative um, yeah. and, and bringing out the worst in a, in a gang of people who are... Um, oh, you want to fight this. Exactly. Exactly. I'd love to know what triggered that excessive uh, policing on the day. We may never know. As you say, it could be just something that was phoned in, a tip or whatever, but it seemed, it seemed all wrong. It seemed totally. They announced it the day before that was happening. Yeah, but it seemed totally weird. I didn't get it. I didn't get it um, at all. Cam, when we get into the grounds and you'll never walk alone is going on and that shower have their back to it. I found it massively pathetic myself. I mean, is there anything to be said for them? At least they had a little bit of coherence as a group. And what the hell was that about? Yeah, that was a bit mad. Um, just quickly on uh, Carl's point, I think maybe it was uh, because of the, the number of fans for the FA Cup. That's why they've done it. Because obviously they don't do it for the league games. Yeah. Um, so they got, they, they got the whole of the Army Road end. Yeah, they got the whole of the Army Road. Just had the upper yeah. and the lower tier. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually seen violence at uh, Liverpool Leverton game. It was the uh, 4th of April, 99, when Robbie Fowler with the infamous goal line celebration right. uh, because of all the dog's abuse he was receiving. I was in the lower centene row at the time, um, three rows from the front, not far from the halfway line. And it was quite an emotional weekend because it was the one, it was a final home game before Hillsborough weekend. Yeah. Uh, or before the Hillsborough date. And um, so they scored after about, 47 seconds or something. Yeah, very quick goal. Yeah. Uh, it was a really quick goal and there was a, there was Everton fans around us and one of them jumped over the wall. Uh, it was celebrated on the side of the pitch and then he jumped back over and stewards dragged him out. And the next thing I know, be- I look behind me and there's a punch-up going on. Uh, so there was obviously some Everton fans in there who'd been celebrating and some Liverpool fans took exception to it. And so, yeah, but going back to um, their, uh, they're turning the backs. I've seen that before, actually, uh, when Juve came. Yeah, it's a Juve thing. That's why they did it. Juve did it because, obviously, um, the, the yeah, cop did the mosaic and they were apologising, you know, said uh, said sorry or something. Um, I'm a casual in friendship, yeah. Yeah, and it was all the ultras uh, at the front and they just turned their back. It wasn't all the Juve fans. But this isn't the first time Everton have done it either. And I'm not sure why they do it. And um, it's the first time I've heard about it, um, obviously, when they do it. On Sunday, uh, mm. was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday, wasn't it? So, uh, um, and it's really bizarre because I don't know why they're doing it. I don't see the, what the relevance is. I mean, do you not think? Do you not think it comes across as immensely small time? I mean, uh, uh, contrary to what Carl was saying about the derby earlier on, like every game, every derby game, I would, I, I know four or five people in the ground. I've been lucky to be at several myself, and anecdotally and from personal evidence, I've heard so many rotten things being chanted by Everton supporters at Liverpool. Rotten, I mean, disgusting. Nasty shit that you would not expect. There was, there was on Sunday as well. Was from, 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 from people from the city, you would not expect. And, 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 and traditionally, the, the Everton as a club have been so excellent in terms of, 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 of that side of things, but it's always there. And I just thought that's an extra layer of pettiness and churlishness. I was like, man, that's small time. I just, I felt it was really small time. And when you saw at the end of the game as well, the likes mm. of Col- Coleman and um, Calvert-Lewin shouting up at a kid in the crowd and, and trying to get involved in verbals going, you know, high-pitched squawking of them. What are you saying? What are you saying? I mean, it, what is wrong with that club? They're really in a bad <laughs> spot, aren't they? It's great, yeah. isn't it? They're bitter. <laughs> they they're, they're, in a, they're, they're in a bad spot. They're extremely bitter. 
they're ex- and I and I think there's a there's a certain amount of jealousy as well now. And oh, you can be sure of that. Yeah, and this this record of not winning a game at Anfield for twenty years now. September nineteen ninety nine. Not that I'm counting. Yeah. So. Although I it, like it, 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 it's it's poisoning them. Yeah. They they become poisoned over time. And it and I I tweeted something the other day uh, that Everton fans they they really need to start concentrating on their club and stop being so exactly that's uh, the so that's, much that's about the Liverpool. Thing. Everything in their life that's now cool. is about Liverpool, and it's stopping them as a club. Everything that's happened, you know, since um, since the game this weekend shows you how much it is poisoning them inside. In the like you say, what Coleman and uh, Calvert Lewin did, the exchange of um, uh, Fabian Delph with a with a, a fan apparently uh, online, and yet we want you know that he's 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 engaged, but on that occasion he should not have engaged. He should have just ignored it. And he's he's made it made it worse. Those fans going down to Finch Farm, all seven of them, seven fans it was, and they and they got the some director to come out and talk to them. Can I can I say about this? This is going to be controversial. I've got sympathy for that. I I, I, I I honestly don't have a problem with that at all. I I I think it I think it was a little bit of a slightly sneering reaction from our lot to that. They are genuine fans who are genuinely worried. We did the same bullshit when those. Perry Yank shysters were pulling our club apart. Um, and I would absolutely, I have all the time in the world for that. Uh, I don't find that, I don't find that necessarily laughable or pathetic at all. What I do find pathetic is someone who's a blow in like Delph offering fellas straighteners online, uh, you know, and, uh, uh t- disparaging fans who are just putting it up to him straight. I mean, if in that position, you know, you've got to just have a little bit of decorum and you've got to have something about you. Being the hard man online is so pathetic, you know? Um, and it just, I, I think it speaks to whatever ailment is running through the entire place. You, again, and Cam, you come right in here, but mm. you just look at the, the sideline there. Carlo, Carlo's eyebrow sort of kept going <laughs> further and further up as, 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 That's as scary. As Big Duncan was whispering sweet nothings in his ear, and he just he could not have looked more uh, so, so co- confused and <laughs> bored at the same time. It was like, yeah. what the f- what have I done? What have I done here? Um, what, sorry, Cam, what were you going to say? Well, um, Carlos thinking I've got a nice juicy contract. He's not worried in the slightest. So, yeah. um, I mean, but just going back to the Everton fans, Everton fans, put that result aside as difficult as it is, put it to one side and try and look at, try and look forward at what, where the club is going. You've got Carlo Ancelotti, who's without doubt a world, or is a world, was a world class manager. I don't know if he still is. Um, you've got, you've got an owner there in Mashiri who seems to have the club at in, you know, in his heart, maybe to a certain extent, and wants to put the club in the right place because obviously they're looking at uh, building the new stadium down at the King's Dock. They're starting again, and they've got to realise that they're at the bottom now, and they've got to build us, build themselves back up, and become something again. Because as a city, Liverpool need Everton in the Premier League. It's good for the Liverpool to have Everton there. It's good to have that rivalry there. 
you don't want to lose that. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see Everton get relegated. I, I jokingly say, oh, the three teams I want to see relegated all the time is is uh, Everton, Man City and Chelsea or Man United, whatever you want to say like that. You know, they're the clubs I want gone. But I don't want to see Everton gone, really, because the derby is magical. And it's magical for us right now because, we, you know, we always do quite well against them. Mm. But we, it's a healthy rivalry as well. You know, no, going back to the 80s when we had the FA Cup finals and the fans used to sit together. You can't do that nowadays so much. No other teams, you know, that, that's gone. It's not nice. As much as we enjoyed Sunday, I mean, I had a field day on Twitter on Sunday night. I milked it up. I just thought, you know, inject my veins. This is brilliant. But it's done now. And I'm thinking Tottenham Saturday. That's more important now. Mm. But Everton fans need to get a bit of reality. They're, they're, they're not in a good place. They're not a big club. They're not a superpower. Their owner might have millions and billions of, in the bank account. But there's a thing called financial fair play and you can only spend what you accumulate, you know. In, and they've also is, got Morgan Schneider in on a massive contract. That's, yeah. that's, that's the problem. And the rumours are as well that some, something that emerged from that chat today with the guys who went up was that raising of the FFP thing and that they would have to apparently, you know, anecdotally shift some lads out before they could get lads in. And the lads went away, the Everton lads went away very disappointed that there was probably not going to be any signings. Because I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Cam, for all the doom and gloom, if they do make one signing, Ever, uh, the Everton Twitter will be all over the place talking about how red Red's heads are falling off, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and how it's their, it's, it's their time and they're going to... they're going to shift be, the power. Yeah, this time next year we'll be millionaires. You know, it's it's remarkable stuff. Uh, 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 Carl, to look at the at the Reds in terms of that game. I mean, I know you'd like to have a little uh, full half hour uh, chat about Curtis Jones, and I, I want to absolutely encourage you to talk about anything you want to talk about about the kids. I mean, I was particularly impressed by LaRucci who came on uh, into the game and, and played his way into it until he was part of a very dominant second half display. Someone like Pedro, who, who's not a kid anymore, but, you know, strolling around the park there in the second half with Adam and Alana as if they were just some sort of uh, second coming of, of, of Alonso and, and, and Gerard. And, and, and it was just, it was, it was incredible to watch. The only downside, I wonder, what did you think the the Milner injury? Yeah, and and and, and 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 is it offset really by the showing that we had from Oxley Chamberlain coming in, thundering around the place and looking very very uh, motivated, and Minamino, who's you know looked as he looked like a red, he looked like yeah. a fella, a fella who needs a bit of maybe, lively, yeah, yeah, but he maybe needs to strengthen up a bit or be just he'll find his feet. You would have absolute faith that he'll find his feet. What aspects did you want to talk about in relation to our you've, performance? You've, you've already said it, actually, because I mean, there's loads of things I can talk about. For a start, I said Adam Barnum was absolutely fantastic. He really was amazing in that game. Just the, just the stuff that you don't see off the ball. You know, if you're watching it on telly, you don't see everything he's doing. He was all over the place. He was really good. My, my point, though, is can you imagine being in that squad, the under-23 squad, and we're all, you're all sitting around there and said, like, okay, Curtis is going to play, um, uh, Nate's going to play, all the, all these lads are going to play. Left back, James Norman. And I said, oh, it's not me. Yeah. You know, what's, what's Yasser thinking there? That's not me. I can't get in. 
to come off the bench and put in the, the shift he did against was it Theo Wilcott first half. Yeah. I think that was one of the most mature debuts I've ever seen. I'm so impressed. So good. Yeah. And, and to be and this is again this is going to be popular. It's the best fullback debut I've seen since Gary Neville. Because when, when Gary I saw Gary Neville's debut and I just thought he looks like he's 35 and he's been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. Which I, I realise is impossible unless you're Trevor Downey's age. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just the way he settled in. Because, you know, you, you worry about them straight away. They're going to double up on him. No problem at all. I'll just cover. That was really, really well done. Uh, I thought Lalana was fantastic. Um, I thought Origi, as, as Klopp said, absolutely worked himself to, to death. The passing from the 16-year-old kid, Harvey, is just, Harvey Elliott, was, was incredible. Um, so mature beyond his years, it was untrue. And, you know, they had their three chances ever in the first half, and I was thinking, it was a bit like Billy, thinking, I'm probably going to lose this. And I was annoyed because I thought, I don't want to lose the Derby record. Same at and, that stage, and, yeah. And, and it might have been avoidable. So to give it away, because we've got Spurs on Saturday, and I know they're all tied, that's a bit too much. But as the second half grew, I just thought, we're, we're very much in this. Not just in it, we're the better side. And mm. even better, they don't like this at all. Because we were tearing in the challenges all over the place. Mm. And and then, you know, the kid goes and scores a goal like that. Which, which is like the storage goal that Chelsea lost year. Um, uh, I was with Leon Prescott in the main stand. And it was almost like, see man hit ball, see, see net bulge, pause, pause, go nuts. And it was the pause of, that's gone in. It was that sort of moment. Yeah. Because I was watching it from the side. I was literally, I, I, I mean... If you dropped me down several hundred feet because we were like 10 rows in the back of the main stand or something, I would have been standing next to him. That's the view I had. Yeah. And uh, it was just, I, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't see a celebration. I was too busy trying to remember what seat I was in half an hour earlier. It was that sort of, I was all over the place. for That That was amazing. It was just an incredible performance. And just one final thing about Evan, because I've been I've been slagging him off a bit. And um, I recently met, um, met up with, um, I suppose my mate calls him, internet sensation John Merrow. Uh, that's his full name. Uh, and we were discussing what Everton do next. Um, can I point out that um, that Speedo Mick bloke is doing an incredible thing, and I think both clubs should acknowledge that. That's a fact, and and and, and it should be underlined and retweeted, and uh, people may aware. And the food of banks it. as well, because that that's a that's a joint club effort as well. Yeah, yeah, and this is what I was trying to get at earlier on. There's so many good things, and yeah, there is that nasty element that means that what Cam was saying is also true, that those days of the, the friendly derby, if they ever really did fully exist, they certainly don't anymore. That's well, we used to stand next to each other on the cop, so, and it was, yeah. it was funny in those days, because it's very rare that, you know, normally we used to shout an abuse down the other end of the ground, but we just had to turn over our shoulders and shout at them, because they tend to be on the upper corner of the main stand cop area. Um, and that was quite fun. You know, and you know, just mirrored in their songs, but the word shite attached to him. You know, that's <laughs> just a lot of that. Red and white shite, blue and white shite, that for half an hour, and it was fun. Yeah, that's yeah. Thing. There's nothing wrong with having a sing at each other, I'm all for that. Oh, no, no, that's that's a completely different thing. And as you say, I just, there, was, there was an element where it was acceptable and you could do it, and it was just kind of harmless fun in the past, and it was unique, but I don't think it's there anymore, if we're honest. Um, it, Cam, Carl put something into the suggestions because um, we're getting down towards his now 
Um, unless there's some outstanding Derby thing that you want to mention, feel free to do that and then come to this. But it's kind of related anyway, because Carl was saying that a topic we talk about is what do you do about how shite the FA Cup has become in terms of the status that it has, you know? Um, and I think it's a fair question because I always feel a bit weird. Like I'm, you know, doing a weekly show with a fella who, when he won it as part of the double, I was so, so excited by the FA Cup and, uh, three years Did he later. Three, didn't yeah, three three years later then when, when Rushy hits another two past that lot and we win again, I mean, probably the most important trophy in the club's history emotionally, I think. Uh, that it's still FA my favourite game of all time. Yeah, but it, 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 to, I've, ne- I've never needed the club. Uh, no, we, the club has never needed to win a trophy more than that particular occasion. It was so important, Cam, back in then. It was so, it was, it had such status. Um, What's what's your take on it at this stage? Because I found myself being massively disrespectful in the way that I spoke about it recently. For me, the FA Cup was tarnished in 99-2000 when Man United pulled out the competition to go and play in the World Club Championship. And for me, it, there's been a, it's not been seen in the same light as the bigger clubs, let's say. It's still big for uh championship clubs and uh league one and league two and the non league clubs because they still they need the paydays. They want they want to draw a big team. But for teams that are uh concentrating on trying to get into the top four, trying to get a place in Europe and what they seem to forget is a lot of these teams, you win the FA Cup, you're in the Euro- Europa League. It's guaranteed European place. You you get to the final against the Champions League qualifying team, you've got your place in the Europa League. And it, it just seems mind-boggling why a lot of these teams don't take it more seriously. Um, you know, a lot of you, you, the other aspect of it as well is um, teams that are fighting relegation. They're more worried about staying in the Premier League because of the money that is involved of staying in the Premier League rather than winning a trophy. And it, it, I think that's what it comes down to ultimately now is money. Yeah. yeah. Money, money has taken away the gloss of the FA Cup. The FA Cup final day, um, before you were born, Trev, in the, uh, in the 70s and the 80s was, um. Or on his 30th birthday, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, whichever it is, I'm not for sure. So, but the FA Cup final day, it was, it was the best day. You know, you, you're watching the players, having breakfast, getting on the team coach. The drive yeah, but, to Wembley. But, but Cam, it was, it was the best day, even if your team wasn't involved. This is the weird exactly. thing about it. I remember because the, it was the, the FA Cup. It was the, it was the pinnacle cup trophy. Do you remember the 87 one? Uh, That's Cov- what I, Cov- I was hoping you'd say that. Coventry and Spurs. Yeah. Uh, that was just tremendous crack. And the build yeah. up. And, and actually, BBC were showing at the weekend. They showed the 86, uh, Merseyside Derby, the one that won us the double. Uh, Kenny had won us the league. At, at Chelsea, and then we win the FA Cup against Everton in '86, and um, that game was on BBC. And a few of my cohorts, uh, a, a, a cohort at work, had seen it. You know, lads my age and 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 and, and Liverpool supporters too. And I was saying to them, lads, I still have a VHS of the entire day's TV, like you're talking about, Cam. The yeah. build up, the interviews, the bits of fun and games out on the. Have you got, have you got Mark Robinson playing snooker against Gary Lineker? Yes. 
Man, it's incredible. The whole Tre- thing. Tre- Trevor Brookin in 1980, the header. There yeah. you go. There you yeah. go. I mean, I remember FA Cup, like, Alan Sunderland scoring with a diving header against Man United in 80-whatever it was. And it was like 79, there you go. And it was, it was a great day. I remember Ricky Villa dancing through the Man City defence in the replay I'm on a Wednesday. To a friend of mine about that before Christmas. And, and it, I jumped out my seat and I celebrated that goal as if I was a Spurs fan. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell you who played in last year's FA Cup final. Yeah, but it's it's that thing that you said. I think there's this different slant and it is money, but it's also just because um, after United did that, and I'm, I'm not laying all the blame at their door, but everybody started to see that, well, look, the real important thing here is to get the money for finishing 16th or 15th or 14th and therefore just staying in the bloody division. And therefore you have the really bizarre spectacle of so-called um, smaller clubs who are, you know, just having been lucky enough to get up into the Premier League fielding shadow 11s in the FA Cup. And that's when you start to think, oh yeah, this thing is absolutely dead on its arse. You know, you know what would help, you know what would help the FA Cup? And I, and I seriously believe this now. What would really, really help the FA Cup? Get rid of the League Cup. Yeah, there's no need for both. Yeah. I just, I've got a slight disagreement with that. I think oh, you get cool. rid of the, I think you get rid of the FA Cup. Ooh. That's strong. That's strong. It. They've, they've, they've shagged it. They've, they've literally shagged their own products. They've jumped the shark. And I know people, a lot of people saying they care about United in 2000. I didn't really care about that. To me, they killed it when they started putting the final on at 5.30. They, they stopped yeah. caring about their own product. As you said, the best thing about the FA Cup final is the FA Cup, sorry, the, the, FA, Cup, the FA Cup final, they, regardless who was playing. Yeah, and yeah. Then, they, they, then they changed it to 5.30. No matter where in the country, you couldn't get home again. Man City, Wigan. When there were no trains back to the northwest that night, they didn't care. So the way I, the way I see it is, if you're going to treat fans like that, then don't go. I think I, I mean I went on on, on Sunday because it was because um, it was Evan, not because it was the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll go to the next round because it's, it's, it'll be in the ground I've never been to. Well, I'll I'll be honest with you, and again, I, I, I hold up my hands and say that I had shown absolute disdain for. I saw Sunday as an opportunity for me to not have to do a raw podcast immediately after a game and to watch a game maybe for the first time in a year or two without a laptop on my on my lap uh, and and making notes. And 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 you know, it was almost a bit controversial because it was Everton and lads were saying, "Yeah, you got to do raw because it's Everton." I was like, yeah. I, "I don't." I, I honestly, if it had been any other club. I'd have been absolutely vindicated. Nobody would have questioned it. But it was just because it was a derby um, that people were were were, were wanting the, the podcast. So Gags did do a live one in the, in the immediate aftermath. But, I mean, it, it's just interesting. I, I, I'd agree with both of you. I think it's dead on its arse. Um, I, it's interesting the two different approaches, one saying scrap one club, one saying scrap the other. I'm kind of coming around to what you're saying there, Carlin, that they have really – they've they've – uh, they've made the decisions which have led to its demise, if we're honest. Yeah. You know, um, the disdain with which they treated fans, that thing, yeah, with the buses and all that and the evening kickoffs, it's pathetic. And I know they, I don't know, what, what, is there anything to be said for the fact that they were trying to maybe emulate what they did with the Champions League finals? I remember there was one year where, was it Heineken were sponsoring both the, 
the rugby and 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 the football and they had the the That's game right, yeah. the games at you know half five and it was a big joint maybe there was some big sponsorship thing or marketing idea i don't know maybe there's something to be said for that but it didn't work out let's be honest it didn't work out um as you said earlier on cam we have a far more pressing issue coming up the lads will have a chance now and i, I did see a, f- a fella um uh Phil Blundell, um, Carl, who you know well, say, oh, deadly, another ground that I haven't been to um, yes. for the FA Cup. And I can completely relate to that. That is an exciting Phil, thing. Phil and I have had a conversation about this many times. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's a great thing to get yeah, to go to a new yeah. ground. Uh, uh, Phil and I, also, I love talking to Phil because we always talk about really strange things. We talked about, um, you know, we played Palace, that's away game last year, late August. I mean, we, had, we had a Twitter conversation about what coat are you wearing for that? Because it's getting a little bit cold, but it's still August. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Probably yeah, really yeah. talk about football. Yeah, just like yeah. The, the big stuff like that. New the ground. Big stuff like what, yeah, what, yeah. What coat are you wearing for that? What coat might suit? I, I I love all that. And also, I did was was that game play? I know you guys were watching football last night when I was tearing around with the old man, and the city game was on. That was that was League Cup. Mm. It's, it's Shrewsbury. It's, um, Bristol Bristol City City yeah. or Shrewsbury. Uh, that hasn't been played yet, no? No, no. no. Yeah, okay. Although, okay. I will, can I just say this? I'll, I'll explain why I'm the show. Ashton Gate, I've been thrown out by Bristol City's manager in the daytime. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. That's a, that's a story for another night. Ooh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Uh, so, Cam... Literally, as all, said, me and my two mates are literally all developed the ground at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You're going to have to explain that in, in detail later. Standard uh, cop-pack behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, we should... Gary talk... Johnson, was that his name? I think that's his name. We should, yeah, Gary we Johnson, yeah. should yeah. talk about Spurs um, yes. when, when you're finished um, talking about um, Gary Johnson. Uh, we should talk about Spurs. There are two other things that I want to chat about really briefly, and then we'll finish with the Spurs chat, and we'll, I'll just get an idea of what, how you think we're going to go, who you think is going to be involved from both of you. Um, because, honestly, you know, that's all we can say at this stage. Um, first, the... Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it was, I think it was made official, the whole Nike thing. I, um, I really have... I, 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 I'm worried. I'm worried. I think this lot that we're with at the moment have done a far better job with the kids than most people have uh, have given them credit for um but i do love the idea that we're stepping up in the world in terms of um profile and if it does have that knock-on effect of making us maybe connected better to one or two high profile players i'm all for it and i do wear a lot of nike stuff myself it's just that it's very yeah, yeah yeah you do don't you it's very generic it's very generic most of my gym gear is nike but it's very generic I stopped wearing it after they started sponsoring United. Oh, very good. Look at you with uh, some sort of moral stance. So, I mean. I changed four tyres on my car that were Falcon tyres because they sponsored United or was it Kumo, one or the other? You're Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I never bought a sharp product. Cam, mate. (laughs) I'm I'm not. I'm not, you, you, you that, can't move for Canadian petrochemicals in his house. Yeah, yeah, Canadian petrochemicals all over the gap. Yeah, uh, you, you, you get into Breachy's garage. There's just tons of the stuff hanging around. Right, okay, well, you've, you've inspired me then. I'll never buy a John Deere tractor because of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to do, get a Ford one? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I'll, I'll get Massey Ferguson or something. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, we we know track. We know we know tractors here in rural Ireland. Um. So basically, oh, oh there's two things. One, Nike. Any opinions? Arst. I don't know. Second, I, 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 I just love to see you on a tractor trip. That'd be amazing. May and your tweed jacket. I spent I spent mo- uh, most of my summers driving tractors uh, on my uncle's farm um, when I was uh, trying to make some pocket money in the summer. So I'll have you know I'm quite adept behind the wheel of a tractor. Yeah, but you're a man uh, of words now, aren't you? You're all port and. Uh, I was always, I was always a man of words, but I'm also a man of the earth. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. That's my autobiography title. <laughs> Trev Downey, a man of the earth. Oh, fuck yes. And it almost works as well as yours because there is the implication that I might be a fucking alien. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's what? good. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. That's good. Um, I'm, I'm all excited about that now. Um, so, so first of all, uh, for, to both of you, I'll start with Cam. Nike yeah. arsed. And second of all, did you catch any of the Miguel Delaney shit show? How much fun is that? The man is deluded, um, but he seems to love, he just seems to love and thrive on the uh, constant over and back with randomers who who at him. Um, it was quite the diversion during the week for me anyway, I have to say at least. Uh, any thoughts on either? Yeah, on both. Um, Nike, um, I, I honestly could not care in the slightest who sponsors us as long as it generates as much money for the club. Um, that's all it's about. That's what sponsorship deals are about. It's, if they produce great product, that's great. Um, I might go out and buy some as well. And that will help. If they, if they produce rubbish gear, no one's going to buy it. And then the club are going to be on at Nike. You produce shit. We're not getting our money because it's a slightly different deal than normal. We're getting a lot less money up front. And a lot of it is now, um, I think, according to Mo Chatra, was uh, going to be about shirt sales, effectively. We get a percentage of the of product sold. That's why they wanted to go with Nike, because they've got more doors compared to yeah. New Balance. Yeah, so, and, and that's a, that's a really interesting uh, model and deal. And just from a purely business point of view, you'll be very interested to see how it goes. Yeah. It could really, it could really it, work out for us. It could. We could potentially earn a hundred million a year out of it. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is on the levels of Real Madrid and Barcelona. And mm. isn't that what we're about? Hundred percent. That's why I don't give a shit really. Who yeah, no, we're not. What? No, we're not. We're about winning the trophies. No, no. Financially, he's talking about financially. To get, we need to be. We need to be. And this leads into the Delaney thing then, doesn't it? The world champions. Steady. Yeah, well, go on. How does, how does it, how does it lead into the Delaney thing? Cause well, I mean, this, this was well, a diversion. It, yeah. The, the Delaney was trying to say, I think to a certain extent that the money going to the top few clubs is creating uh, an imbalance within leagues and you're only going to get certain teams always winning, but it, it's, it's, it cycles. You, you get two, three teams that will be dominant for three or four years and then the cycle goes and it becomes another two or three teams. You may get one team that goes into two or three cycles, but generally it cycles and it's always about the team that generates if that is the richest team. They're usually the ones who end up being the most successful team because they're the ones who are able to invest more into their teams and pay more wages, blah, blah, blah. Delaney was, uh, he was, he just trying to stir the hornet's nest. 
Well, he was, he was, he, like, listen, it, it, to be honest, he made several points that, um, were objectively sound. Um, and he talked about Man City and he was equally critical of them. Maybe not equally. I just think lumping us in with Man City is, uh, is, is, is disingenuous. First off, it's, it's, it's just two different things. Almost. It's, it's two, it's yeah. two different things. And yeah. then the problem was not necessarily the article. And I saw some people going out in a limb to defend him. I don't know why you'd bother your arse desperately digging in their own heels to defend this lad who is making an absolute tit of himself. If, if anyone had bothered to read what he was actually saying. The problem with what Delaney did was he started doubling down and defending his position. And in doing so, he was incredibly derogatory about Liverpool supporters in a kind of dog whistle way, you know, making little comments that you could read in between the lines and understand what he was actually saying. And very, very derogatory about the achievements of the club. And Carl, that is probably the problem. I don't know where you follow on this. Not a great deal, to be honest. I mean, it's hard for me to do that because um, I've, 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 uh... He's helped me a bit in the past. On um, I had to write a piece about um, Liverpool's captains under Jurgen Klopp under his first year when he, when everyone was getting the badge, and um, and I messaged him and said like you know Southgate said something at a press conference, and he went hang on I'll get you the quote. So he's a very nice man and very helpful man. I got to say that I haven't read it all basically because of that. I think he said something stupid. Obviously it's a wrong, he picked the wrong year to say yeah but we've got to stop all this dominance because one thing we haven't had is league dominance. So, you know, so there's that. Um, uh, I understand his point to other clubs, but um, I think this is just misjudged. Yeah, I think that's the word, and and and, and certainly the, the the it was the the post article interactions were the thing that were misjudged, and would seem like I said that the fella tr- thrives on unfair play if he does. I just I think the people defending him are deluded. I mean, it, it, I think misjudged is a good word to describe it. I mean, look, we need to look forward to the Spurs game because it is it is now uh, roughly an hour since we kicked off, so we need to finish within five or ten and. Do you have any specific thoughts? I see we, we, we obviously saw, um, Oxide Chamberlain returning in the last game, which was, um, a, a nice boost, even if Milner was out, uh, in, in, in the opposite direction. We see Fabinho in training. Again, we don't know how far advanced that is, but that's a nice thing. Apparently, most of the guys who are injured are, as Klopper would say, in a good way. So maybe things are getting back on track as opposed to being as apocalyptic as so, we Fabinho's fear. training, isn't he? He is, yeah. He so is. That's what I was just saying. Fabinho's training, and um, and and obviously we've got Ox back now as well. Um, um, uh, Tingy, um, center half, uh, Joel Joel Matip is also training. Um, th- it, these yeah. are all very, uh, which which I'm all in favor of. Looks looks very well in the man. Uh, these are all good things. I mean, uh, Cam, can I just throw something at you and 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 Go see what you think? I am I I am always um. Like yourself, I think, a little bit angsty about games, even though everything in me is telling me to be confident. And I generally over, uh, overtly am confident and I've been very happy and enjoying the games and all the rest of it. There's something about that horrible little wizened goon who's going to be on the sideline at, yep. uh, at the weekend that I worry about just because he has this rep- he has this history with us of, yes. you know, sh- of shushing us and being there to end runs and being there to do this, that and the other. Now, it won't be the end of the world even if he does, but I wouldn't like to give it to him. I really hope that our lot go out and do a job on them because like Carl, I really don't like that club anymore. I have to say there's something about them that wind me up. Uh, do you get what I'm saying with the Mourinho thing, or am I over-egging it, do you think? Um, he's actually been very complimentary about it since uh, 
he's left United. He he, um, he did an interview just a couple of days ago, um, uh, saying what we all know and what we've been saying for a while now that Liverpool Football Club are the best football team in the world. And you know he's he's he was pointing out how Jurgen Klopp has uh, built this team over four years. It's not happened overnight, and what he's created is is phenomenal. And he was very sincere and genuine with it. And this Mourinho at the moment is completely different from the. Is he? The, is he? Well, he's he's he is he is at the moment. He is at the moment. Yeah. He, yeah, he, okay. he, he nearly had the breakdown uh, after the last result. They they just lost, didn't they, the other day? Um, not in the FA Cup, the, the the previous league game. They they were they were really really poor, and um, he 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 started he threw a couple of players under the bus again. So he he, he started, and it's not even been a month yet. So um, yeah, there is this thing with him. He when he's playing games. Against us, he gets his teams up for it. He, he knows, yeah. he knows, he's, he's, he's got that, he has got that quality. But I think he's, personally, I think he's out of touch as a manager now. And he's not the manager he was 10 years ago. Um, he's, he's been left behind by the likes of Pochettino, Klopp, Pep Guardiola. Um, they've evolved the game to another level. Um, all right, granted, I know he's taken over this Poch team and he's, you know, but there's more going on behind the scenes there, I think. I, I'm, you know, I was really worried about the Wolves game. I thought that, I said it was going to be that, or, or the Sheffield United game. I said this is going to be our hardest game. And mm. it was like, we, we were dominant. We, we strolled it. It was a, um, so I'm genuinely worried about this game because there's that little added pressure about the, his, his record, if I'm right, it, don't forget it's his record. He won't want to yeah. lose the record. Would you would you do anything different? I mean, effect, effectively for me, the team is the team, and everybody who we really need seems to be fit. And I don't think Fabinho is probably not going to be able to start, so it's probably just it's going to be Ginny and Hendo. And yeah. I would say he might take a chance on Ox because uh, there's no word about Naby yet. Um, but I could be wrong there. Um, I, but I think he doesn't have a whole lot of choice because of the Milner it injury. Will, it so it'll have to be that three. You'll have a you'll have uh, the, the two best centre halves in the world. Playing, you have you've got the two best fullbacks in the world. Yeah, you've got the, the team best goalkeeper in the world. You've got the best front three in the world. So it just comes down to the midfield, then, doesn't it? So yeah. and and that will be the midfield. You've got Minamino on the bench. You'll have um, the 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 resurge resurgent Adam Lallana on the bench. You'll have a. Will Does big Ads Lallana not get his start after his? Incredible showing at the uh, at the he weekend could, in the derby. He could, he could you know, I I I'm serious. He might. No, he might. He has not. He has not played as well for Liverpool, uh, possibly ever. So I don't know. It's I, still, I, a no, I, I, it's still a no for me. In a different role. Well, it, it's it's a no. It's a no for you. It's a no for probably all of us if we're being honest. Um, but. You wonder, you wonder what Jurgen, um, uh, I think, I think he, you know, you never know, he might have done enough, but I think Ox getting those minutes is very significant. Very significant. I'd say, I'd say Ox, he Ox, was the... Ox plays once a week. That's all he can manage. So you want somebody who's going to be breaking those lines and you'll have, uh, Ginny and Hendo 
sitting a little bit deeper, doing the protection role, and you'll have Ox being the runner. Yeah, Adam Rana is not is not a runner anymore in that respect. Yeah. He he does, but I think Ox would be would be more effective. I mean, and and I think this is where Adam Rana will prove prove useful for us for the rest of the season is he'll be a good option in certain games and it'll be a good option to come off the bench in certain games. And more confident now than ever, which is good. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that makes, that makes a difference. And Carl, just to get your take on it before we finish up, first of all, on, on the, uh, rehabilitated man that is Jose Mourinho, are you having a, uh, or, and also, uh, would you do anything unusual? I know we're going to go strong. Obviously, we should ho- hopefully have a stronger bench. We should see Joel back. Um, we should see Shaq on that bench. And, um, as we say recently, invigorated Lalana and hopefully one or two others making a return to the bench so it won't be quite as young looking um, on those two things then uh, Mourinho any uh, extra fear around him for you given the tradition and history and, and specifically um, thorny relationship in the past and, and record uh, and, then se- se- and then on the team as well what would you do so both of those things he's a good manager so Jose Mourinho is just a good manager he knows what he's doing and I think he's going to go up to defensive and not lose I think that's all he can do Um because Tottenham are awful. Tottenham are an awful side. And the only people have been saying that, you know, it's different because you know, Kane's out the team now. They're a better side without him, I think, because they still don't know how to play him properly. Uh, so, if he goes with Son and Mora, uh, that worries me more than. I'd rather have Kane play than, 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 um, than Son. Is Son uh, playing? Is, he, is, he, is, he, is his band finished? I don't know if it was one or three. It was, free, it, was free, it was a free match band oh, because, oh. because it was violent conduct, because he kicked it. He would oh, kicked right, out, okay. didn't he? Well, I might just play Mora up front. Uh, Drinkle said he's back. Okay. Um, that's while it lasted. Um, and as, as for the team, um, the, the, the back four picks itself, the front three picks itself, and I think you might go with, I think you're right, I think you might start Chamberlain. I play with yeah. well, I'd like, I'd, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Lavana in the six at all. I've got no problem with that, just because he was that good. And, um, I'd like to see Kessa Jones get more minutes. But only if it's yeah. up after 10 I, I, I just, I'd be worried about the, the midfield, um, strength and dynamism, um, that they have compared to Everton, where strength and dynamism are, are not words you'd use to describe their midfield at Schneider, all. Schneider, Leonard Jesus. Um, I mean, you know, seriously, those guys are, they're, they're not, they're not those things, you know, uh, Sigurdsson is but a, they're a super club. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, all it takes is one win and your head will be falling off camp. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> is um, Eric Dyer getting any games anymore? Because I thought guys just said Eric Dyer. Um, I think he played I, I in the last game. Did he? I, I think he wasn't even in the squad after the Guy Drinkle is also very controversially suggesting that um, Pedro Chiravella should get a start. And um, I would say he will get a start, but it'll probably be far away from Liverpool. Yeah, uh, Bristol uh, City or Shrewsbury. Yeah, I can see him. Uh, oh, well, yes, very, very possibly. But I can also see that that performance having woken an awful lot of people up to the potential that that kid has, and he might not be long for these shores, I'd imagine. That's a distinct possibility. Um, you know, there's all sorts of talk about potential moves from permanent and, 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 and otherwise. Oh, yeah, there, there you go again. The, 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 the oracle that is Guy Drinkle saying he's going to Forest on loan as far as he's heard. And Bruce um, has gone to Swansea, hasn't he? Bruce yeah, just gone to Swansea. That's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So join Jan Bender for the rest of the season. So there you go. So uh, I want to finish up, lads, because it's been going on a bit. Um, I had some like 
uh, silly daft questions. Do you want a silly daft question, or we yeah, just? Go on. Uh, yeah, go on. we've got a lot. Uh, right, I'll give you. I'll give you a choice of two. Right, so so that you can you can you don't feel pigeonholed because God God knows I don't want to make you feel under pressure. First one uh, you have a choice of is what's the weirdest thing that a guest has ever done at your house? All right, that's I don't one. Have guests, so I can't do that. You don't have guests. Bloody hell, got back. <laughs> okay, the second one, and this is this is what you have to do. Then you've 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 gone the default. Teach me something that I don't know in one minute. I'm coming back to you for that. Cam, you've got the same challenge ahead of you. You can either teach me something that I don't know in one minute. So you know, give me some expert information, something that you're an expert on that I don't know about. You've got sixty seconds, or you can tell me what the weirdest thing a guest has ever done at your house. Um, the weirdest thing guests have done at my house is um, spend ten minutes outside my house trying to park his car. <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's great. That's great. I couldn't. Have... It was glorious. I wish I'd videoed it. Oh man! I genuinely wish I'd videoed it because it, you know, it's almost um, you see all these I comedy, you see these, you see these comedy parking things where they go in out. You know, have you seen that one in the car park where the the woman's right in the corner, and for some reason she can't reverse her car out of the car park. She's in a parking bay, and she's yeah. just going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. That was Copac. It's, it's like that one with the 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 Bond villain where he's got his car sideways in the narrow tunnel. Oh, that's um, that's Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Austin Powers. Austin yeah. Powers. Yeah. Well, they do that with Wally now, don't they? With both uh, the memories of him, isn't it? So, so yeah. it wasn't that bad. It was just. I was under pressure. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't have written this better, Cam. Fair play to you. You've, uh, you've tied it together beautifully. Uh, Carl, you're on the spot now. You've got to teach myself and Cam Ender here something that we don't know. Let us talk about the planet Uranus. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm always interested in, in uh, Uranus. If you were, it's impossible to stand on it because it's a gas giant, but if you were standing on the North Pole of the planet Uranus. No, let's go the other way. If you're standing on the South Pole of the planet Uranus, yeah. you would not be standing on top of the planet. You'd be standing near the equator and you wouldn't see the sun because it spins on its side, not like the Earth. Oh. So the I North, Pole, the North Pole face, faces the sun all, at all times. That's very interesting. I did not know that. And therefore, it will, you it have... will always be dark. Well, it's not, not, not that it would go to sunlight. It's the sun that basically looked like a bright star. Could have that far away. Well, you've earned your stripes there. I'll give you that one. That's good. That's good. That's good. There's been a very successful tie-up to the show. Um, any last-minute thoughts or ideas that either if you want to share? Um, Car- Carl, since I'm talking to you, anything you wanted to finish on? Are you good to go? Uh, buy my books. Buy Carl's books. The constant refrain. Oh, there is, there is one thing actually. I haven't done it yet, but um, I'm just, there's a website called Ten Million Hardbacks, and me and the owner of that site, a, a, a little girl in Japan called Joanne, uh, is, we're going to be writing about books which changed our lives and changed our writing skills. Oh, that's interesting. I think I recently started following Joanne on Twitter. Actually, yeah, it's, it's, she's yeah, that's 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 going to be very interesting. Um, we, we 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 bond over George Orwell a lot. When is this potential thing happening? Well, therein lies the tale. I wrote 3,000 words and my laptop decided to destroy the file completely. Mm. So I've got to start again after this. 
Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe after Leicester or Aston Villa, which is the most one-sided game I've ever seen. Okay. Um, Cam, last minute thoughts from you. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Oh, love it. Chibody? Close. It's clearly Chibody, yeah. No, no, it's not. Who is it? Martin Luther King Jr. There he goes. He or, knows. Or as he's called in Come to America, Dr. Martin Luther the King. <laughs> the king. I ask right There's now. no way you met Dr. Martin Luther the King. Yeah, that's a that's that's a belter. And Christmas came and went, and I didn't see that movie once. Uh, yeah. Nor did I, nor did I see Trading Places, which yeah. is. Uh, it's uh, say Clay. I say Clay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Well, we should finish up. I, I'm going to finish. My my last thing is going to be a TV wreck. I watched the Netflix series Messiah recently and I enjoyed the bejesus out of it. Very good. Oh, it was yeah, tremendous. Not, not seeing that yet. Tremendous fun. Uh, not, fun is the wrong word. It's just very, very engaging. It gets the old brain spinning if you have one up there. Uh, but we should finish on that note for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. It has been another enjoyable one. We were away for a while, but as you heard at the start, there were reasons. The lads had reasons, I had reasons. But we're back now in the usual run of things. There'll be one a week as there has been from the start of the season. Until we speak to you again then, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.